Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Amen. So before we get started today, I want to ask you a question. Have you prepared to hear the word today like the preacher prepared to preach the word today? You don't have to answer that verbally, just in your mind. Because really, if we, if we don't prepare to hear, we won't receive as much as we need to receive out of the preaching of the word. You know, after church services, a lot of times people, well, how'd the preacher do? Well, according to Jesus, we should be asking, how did the hearer do? Because no matter who's preaching, Jesus himself, if we're not ready to hear, it won't profit us. We won't get anything out of it, even if Jesus Christ himself is here preaching. Because many in his meetings got nothing, while others in the same meeting got miracles. And others, others needed miracles, but you know, you have, to, you have to be ready to hear. That's why we encourage people to, to not stay up to three in the morning on Saturday night, you know, and doing the world stuff. Get ready for church. Get, get re- you know, because just being here physically is not everything. We need to be in good shape when we get here so we are absorbing and hearing and, and mixing faith with what we're hearing. Jesus said, take heed how you hear. One, one place he said, take heed what you hear. But in another place, he said, take heed how you hear. So how, how is the hearer doing today? Not just how is the preacher doing? You're going to get out of church what you expect to get from God out of this church services. You don't just wait for everything to come to you. You've got to reach out with your expectation and believe some things are happening from the Lord to you. And you'll get the most out of the service you can. So say this with me. I, I, I mentioned last week that the Bible says that there was a group of people who heard the gospel the preaching of the word of the Lord, and it didn't profit them because they didn't mix faith with it. They didn't mix faith with it. They didn't receive it as the word of God. They received it as the word of a preacher, I guess, or something. But they didn't receive it as the word of God because if you're quoting scripture, it's no longer the preacher. It's the word of God. If it's the anointing, it's no longer the preacher. It's the word of God. And if you receive it like that, it will effectually work powerful things inside of your life. But it said the word preached didn't profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So I want to encourage you, mix faith with what you hear today. Say amen once in a while by faith saying, I agree. Just whether it's out loud or internally, just say it in Jesus' name. I agree with that. I believe this is the word of the Lord. And you'll find at times God's going to say things that's going to totally mess up your previous belief system. What do you do at times like that? You stop believing (laughs) what you were previously believing and believe what God's word tells you to believe. So I thought it'd be good to make this confession. So why don't you say this with me? I receive God's word today today. with a teachable heart heart. in meekness meekness. and it saves my life. life. I mix faith faith. with the word of God God. that I'm going to hear today And that word profits me greatly. I give full attention to God's word today, for it is health and medicine to all my flesh. 
And those are all scriptures that I just read those confessions from. Every one of them you can find in the Bible. So turn with me, please, to Romans 3 and verse 16 and 17. This is our third week of teaching on the life of victory. And this came to me by revelation from the Lord directly to me because I was praying about some things in my own life. And I knew I needed more than just the thing I needed. I needed the lifestyle that produced that thing. I, I needed more than just a thing from the Lord. I needed to know what road to be on that already has that thing on it. Um, I realized that every believer can get a victory. But it takes living a certain way to live in victory. And we can go from crash to crying out to the Lord, help me and get help, or we can live above the storm in so many of these areas. I'm going to say it again. Any believer can get a victory. But... It takes living in the will of God to live in victory. And I want, I want to say this to you. I am. Um, a lot of believers, well, not a lot, every Christian chooses heaven over hell. But not every Christian chooses heaven over earth. There are earthly things that will suck your spirituality dry. I mean, there are earthly things that are actually in the same category as devilish. Earthly, sensual, devilish, it talks about in James chapter 3. And every believer has chosen heaven over hell, but not every believer has chosen heaven over the earth and the things of the earth. You know, John, not me, I'm not John the Apostle, I'm but John said in the Bible, he said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For any man that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but of the world. And he talks about, you know, being very cautious. I don't, I don't ever again say I love anything of this world. I don't love my house. I don't love my car. I don't love chocolate. I don't love hamburgers. Because the Bible said specifically, love not the things of this world. So why say it if you are told not to do it? Well, I don't really mean love. Well, then we should find a different word probably. Um, but I, I just don't say those things anymore. I don't say, oh, I just love that movie. No. Let's save love for God and people and don't cheapen it anymore. Let's save that word for, I know America has got their language and, you know, but really when it comes, let, let's, let's just make sure that word love is reserved for God and people and kind of leave cheesecake out of it. <laughs> can, can I tell you one reason you shouldn't love cheesecake? It can't love you back. <laughs> it can make you fat, but it, <laughs> but it can't love you back. And so let's not just choose heaven over hell. Let's choose heaven over earth. There's a lot of earthly stuff. There's a lot of sensual stuff, a lot of lust stuff that we just need to not exalt above the things of God. I mean, there's nothing like living from above. And so we just would encourage. And that's what we're talking about here on the life of victory. We're talking about not just praying another save me prayer. We're talking about living in such a way where you don't need saved so much. Let me say that again. We don't want to just talk about 
praying another save me prayer. Lord, save me. We want to talk about living in such a way where you don't need saved so much. Amen. I mean, come on. Can, can I just think about this? The Bible says if you go hog, hog wild for God, number one, your joy is going to be full. You're going to have the time of your life. You talk about no grayness, no depression, prosperity galore, health to the highest level, purpose and meaning. You actually want to get out of bed. That's the life of God. But you know what? The Bible says if you really go all out for God, all the things everybody's praying for would overtake you. Wouldn't even have to pray for them. There is a life that you can live where all these blessings come on you and overtake you. Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 and 2 tells you that. The Bible says if you put God first, you know he's not just an add-on. You actually make room for him. He's a part of your life or your life. When you do that, all kinds of blessings are added to you. And he didn't say you had to pray for them. They come with the package. Are you following? There's certain things that just come with the road you're on. And there's certain other things that go with these other roads over here. And really, you need to check out the road signs. You know what I mean? If you see misery road, my advice is don't go down that road. Even if it looks glistening up front, even if it looks all colorful up front, don't go down a road, God says, a misery road. Because even though you're born again, saved by grace, you will experience misery if you go down wrong roads. Believing in Jesus doesn't make you go down the right road. Are you listening? When we're talking about activities and direction in life. I mean, you can go down a wrong road in the natural and be a born-again believer and get mugged. Well, you can go down a wrong road spiritually and get mugged. And it won't be because the Lord doesn't love you. It won't be because it's His will. It'll be because you went down misery road. Look at Romans 3, 16 and 17. We're talking about the life of victory. Living above the storm. Not just crash, Lord save me, crash, Lord save me, crash, Lord save me. We're talking about avoiding a bunch of crashes. Anybody interested in the life of victory? Not just brick wall, help me Jesus, brick wall, help me Jesus. <laughs> right? Look at this. It says destruction and misery are in their ways. Is it important the ways we're going? Is it important the way we're thinking? Is it important the way we're talking? Aren't these lifestyle, are these lifestyle issues important? Is it important where we go, where we don't go? Is it important? I'll answer the question for you. Very. Mondo. How important? Destruction important. Right? So he says destruction and misery are in their way. So if, if a believer, and believers do all over the place, you see it yourself. You might have even been there. I've been there. If, if believers are experiencing misery and destruction, what do you think would be a good piece of advice? Get off that road! Analyze your ways, not just your prayers. And analyze where you're going, not just what you're praying. I thank God every believer could get a victory. 
But it takes living in the will of God to live in victory. In other words, there are certain things that have to be a part of our life, not just things we do if we have time. There are certain things you need to adopt as a part of your life, and they're wonderful. They're crammed full of peace and joy and blessing and illumination. It's just different than what most people are doing. And you're going to feel the pressure of most people trying to tempt you to go with them down these roads that look good up front, but they end in loneliness. They look good up front, but they end in some kind of misery. Of course the enemy is going to paint beautiful pictures at the beginning of the, of, the, of the town. You know, oh, this is the most beautiful thing you'll ever... And you start going there and you start realizing there's something missing here. You've got to watch out about the devil's lies and illusions. He, he, he paints things up, but underneath it's just awful, rotten destructive stuff. So destruction and misery can be a way. I'm not saying this is the answer for everybody's misery, but it can be a way that you're going. And praying for freedom from destruction and misery while staying on the way of destruction and misery is going to be very frustrating because things will try to come back that you don't want in your life. But what about peace? Anybody interested in peace? Not just once in a while, not just deep depression and then an answered prayer brings some peace and then deep depression again three months later and then an answered prayer brings some more peace. God wants you permanently free. So what about peace? Next verse. The way, please say way. way. The way of peace they have not known. He's telling us right here that peace is more than just the answer to a prayer. It has a lot to do with the way we choose to think, talk, believe, act, lifestyle. And this whole world, your own flesh, is going to try to keep pulling you into this other stuff that looks good on the outside and up front, but ends in grayness and misery and destruction later. And we need to be smart enough in the Word of God to know, looks good doesn't mean it is good. Seems good does not mean it is good. Feels good does not mean it is good for you. So now if you would please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to say this as you're turning to Hebrews 12. We'll read verse 12, 13, and 14. That there, there is a way that God wants us to live after we're born again. We should be very interested in following him in that area. Because it's the best thing for us. It's the best thing for our kids. It's the best thing for our health. It's the best thing for our finances. And yeah, yeah, there, there's some disciplines involved in this higher way. But you know what? If you'll just get more intimate with the Lord and surrender more unto Him, more than ever, you almost don't even notice the discipline part. It's like, of course. I mean, if, if, I, if I was just to say, let's discipline ourselves and do all these things, and, but, you know, don't emphasize the intimacy with God part. It could be works. It could be dead works. But we don't want to go that way. We want to go, if we're, if we're needing to make some adjustments in our life, let's do it out of a time of intimacy with the Lord, out of a time of more surrender to God, instead of, I've got to do my duty. These things are, are super vital and super important if you want to live in the life of victory, not just... You know, crash, bang, boom, help, Lord syndrome. So in Hebrews chapter 12, and look at verse 12 through 14. Hebrews 12, verses 12 through 14. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down 
and the feeble knees. Now that's going to take effort to lift up feeble knees, right? And do what? And make straight paths for your feet. Lest that which is lame or sick be turned out of the way. That's different than God not wanting to heal you. That's people turning out of the way of healing. I'm personal testimony. Do you see here? This is a... This is about the way you're living. In my own life, I cried out to Jesus to save me a couple times before I really turned my heart over to his lordship. And it was so interesting because he saved my life. I mean, I about died in the hospital throwing up LSD. I was just like, got way too much. Somebody, it just, it was terrible. And I about died. I mean, I'm there just about ready to leave the earth. And I cried out to the Lord, started quoting the 23rd Psalm for some reason. I... I guess I heard it in my upbringing in the Catholic Church because it was in there. I'm so glad I, I heard that. And I wasn't even saved and I went to church. Isn't that interesting? You can go to church and not even be saved. But what's interesting is I cried out to the Lord to save me because I about died twice. And he saved me both times. But each time he saved me, I went back into terrible misery, terrible destruction after he saved me. I was a Christian, an untaught, uninformed Christian who thought, cry out to Jesus when you're in trouble and then just go ahead and live any way you want. And I realized that was not what I wanted. I wanted to miss some brick walls. I wanted to not go through some valleys and storms. And I wanted to not encounter certain demonic opposition. But I kept encountering it. And one day the Lord revealed to me, he says, Son, if you'll make me the Lord of your life, you know, actually look to me for direction, pray every day, seek me, be open to changes. If you'll look to me and make me the Lord of your life, you won't have to keep crying out for help like you've been crying out. There is such a thing called unnecessary adversity. And it happens to us when we're doing our own thing and not too concerned about God's counsel in our life. And that's how you hit a lot of brick walls God never intended you to hit, go through a lot of tests and trials He never intended you to go through, is when we just come to Him for Savior and not Lord. Well, making Jesus the Lord of your life has benefits that come with it. And you don't even have to pray for the benefits. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. See, if Jesus is your Lord and not just the one you run to when you're in trouble, you know, you're actually looking to him for direction for your life when there is no trouble. Now you've got benefits that come into your life that you don't even have to pray for. He heals all your diseases, redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with loving kindnesses and tender mercies, and the list goes on. And I want you to see this because I was praying to the Lord a few weeks ago about a certain thing that I wanted to see manifested in my life and the Holy Spirit said pray like this so he helped me to pray he helps our infirmities you know we know not what we should pray for as we ought he helped me he gave me a prayer he said son what you need to pray is you need to pray father help me to see and discern the road I need to be on that already has this thing on it and I won't even need to pray for it And he started talking to me about the way of healing, the way of peace. The, the Bible says that in the early church was called the way. It wasn't just, you know, oh, we've got this thing in our life while we're doing our own thing. It was a way. Jesus himself is the way, 
right? If you're really following the Lord, you're going His direction. And this is, this is the answer to so many people's problems and prayers, answer to their prayers. Check, check out the road you're on. Now, this scripture, did, did we finish that off up there? Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but rather let it be healed. So people turning out of the way and not being healed, that's not God saying, no, I don't want to heal you. That's people turning out of the way of healing. Just because people don't get healed after prayer doesn't mean God doesn't want them healed. It may mean they're still on a wrong road. And maybe, maybe we need to be asking the Lord for more than just healing when we're not feeling well. Maybe we need to be asking Him for wisdom. And am I on a road that's messing with my faith so when I do need healing, I'm not able to believe like I need to? Important stuff. Really, when you come to the Lord for healing or prosperity or anything that you need, my suggestion and great exhortation to you is come to Jesus for everything He has for your life. Correction, direction, plans, purposes. Because if you want everything the Lord has for you, healing just comes with that. You won't even have to ask for the healing. It just comes with everything. It's called the life of victory. I want to encourage, there's something we mentioned two weeks ago. This is our, our third week on this. Two weeks ago, we went to Psalm 1, and I'm just going to quote it to you. We don't, won't go, go there right now, but David talks about a way of living that causes things to happen in your life, good things that you don't even have to pray for. It's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. If you're just planted in the right place, the water's going to get into you. You don't have to pray for it. And one of the things he mentioned, one of the main things he mentioned, and what we need to do is in this area of constant intake of this word in your life. One of the, the, the life of victory, or we could say the lifestyle that has victory on it, one of the number one things that life is, is this word goes in your ears and in your heart every day. And comes out of your mouth every day, qu quoting what it says about you. This needs to be as much a part of our lifestyle as eating physical food. I personally think, and if you analyzed your social media time and analyzed your TV time, you'd have plenty of room for at least one sermon a day. <laughs> No, we don't, we don't preach bondage here. We don't want anybody to feel bad if something happened and they messed up or did this, got so busy or whatever. But I'm thinking, guys, if we have room for three, four plus hours of Hollywood a day, I think we should have at least one hour for Holy Word a day. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Knuckle bump. Seriously. I mean, if, there's something about constant intake of the Word of God that will keep you from perishing when affliction comes, that will keep you free and living above the storm. You, this, the Word of God says if you put His Word in you first place, if it's first place in your life, everything you do is going to be prosperous and successful. 
Somebody says, I don't have time for, to put that much word in my life. You don't have time not to. Guys, listen, when you do these things, supernatural help comes on the scene. It's no longer just muscle and brain power and education. The supernatural help of God comes on your life when you step into this lifestyle. Amazing what happens. It's, I mean, you'll be amazed at how supernaturally quick you can get the business of the day done if you put God's word first. In the natural, it looks like I don't have time to read the Bible, hear a good sermon. I don't, I've got all this stuff I got to do. No, you, you're not factoring in the supernatural. The supernatural power of God will give you wisdom to do a three hour job in a half an hour. Better than if you took three hours in your own strength. There's something about the supernatural power of God coming into your life as you're putting him first. Now, you need to understand that we're not talking about everybody being a full time preacher. We're not talking. Listen, this life of victory mixes perfect in whatever career you're called to. This life of victory, this lifestyle of victory mixes perfect with whatever job you're working on out there in the world. If you're beyond the church, if you're, you know, making your living beyond there. I shouldn't say living, but, you know, working beyond the church. This is, this lifestyle, this has a lot to do with just making sure God's word's going in your life. You believe in everything he said. You're living by faith, not by sight. Because so much of the time, what you're seeing and feeling is not in line with the word. Living by faith is living in victory. Come on, what's the victory that overcomes the world? Even our faith. And he's not talking about using your faith when you come across the problem. He's talking about living by faith from the time your eyes are open till you go to bed at night. And even while you're sleeping, you sleep by faith. <laughs> right? It's, it's going to produce victory in your life. Not just using faith when you need it. Living by faith even when you don't seem to need it. Very, very important. So do this with me before we close this morning. Turn with me to 1 John 5. And um, there's just, just a lot of chaos in our world right now. And, and do you know why heaven is amazing? You know, no sickness, no crime, no need for hospitals or sirens, no, no fear, no depression. You know why heaven is absolutely Perfect, because God always gets his way in heaven. What if God always gets his way in our lives? Could we experience some heaven on earth? What if God always gets his way in your family? And I'm not talking about being perfect and being condemned if you're not squeaky clean perfect. I'm just talking about would you like to see some more heaven in your home? Well, be more interested in God's ways, not just his promises. What way does he want you to go? How does he want you to think? How does he want you to believe? How does he want you to talk? What, and again, these things that we're talking about are not just things we add on. They are our life. For me to live is Christ. I mean, this is my life. Anything else is an add-on. We should never be asking, do I have time for the things of God? <laughs> no, that, the things of God is our life. And if we have time for anything else, we'll let it in or let it be a part. This is, the, this is what I've experienced in my life. 
I was a mess when I got saved. I, I, was, I grew up without a dad most of my life. I, he was an alcoholic. There was crazy things happening in the home. I hit brick wall after brick wall. I got run around with the wrong people, hanging around with drug addicts, hanging around with people that get drunk all the time, rock and roll musicians, you know, in the whole world. I'm just a mess. And, and I'm actually so thankful I didn't die at 18 years old. I mean, we're driving down North Devon. Guys got guns out, shooting out the window, pointing them. Just wrong crowd. Just terrible. And when I got saved, <laughs> I got saved in St. Mary's Hospital throwing up LSD. And um, they were pumping my stomach. I think Dan worked there at the time. He worked at St. Mary's for a while. And... Um, I got born again right there in the hospital throwing up LSD, acid. And I got saved. I didn't die that night. And I didn't go to hell that night. But a couple of weeks, a couple of months after that, I'm back with the same crowd, partying the same way. I had this experience with Jesus that was you know, very cool and very nice. Man, I, I ended up almost dead again a few months later. And guess what? Cried out to Jesus again, and he saved me. Then, then a few months go by, and I about died again. And I'm thinking, Lord, <laughs> is there, is, can life be a little bit different or better than this? He goes, of course it can. I thought you never ask. And I was praying one day, and the Lord says, Son, what, what you need, and I said this earlier, what you need is you need not only to call out to me as your Savior, you need to let me take the wheel. <laughs> you know, be co-pilot for a while, will you? And just let me help you direct your life so that you don't hit all these. I was hanging around the wrong people, putting wrong things in my mind, putting wrong things in my body, doing wrong things. And guess what? Destruction and misery were on that road. So when I got permanently delivered is after I made Jesus the Lord of my life and said, Lord, I'm not just going to go anywhere I want to go anymore. I'm not just going to put stuff in my ears that I want to put in my ears anymore. I'm going to be more selective. I'm not just going to watch what I want to watch anymore. What would you like for me, Lord? Because your ways are perfect and you can't improve on perfect. So ding, I might as well look to the Lord, right? Your ways are perfect. So what do you want? He said, get in my word a lot more. Go to church and serve with every fiber of your being. Do whatever the pastor wants you to do. Whatever. Go buy a bar of soap if he needs one. Preach on a Sunday morning if he needs you to. And anything in between. And I did. I did. And... One of the most interesting things happened. I wasn't experiencing misery anymore after a while. And I looked up and I thought, I'm not on misery road anymore. I'm on sold out to God road. I'm on victory road. Interesting. Remember this, remember this. Any believer can get a victory. But it takes living in the will of God if you want to live in victory. Which means you avoid a bunch of junk and crashes and Smashes that most people are experiencing because they're, they're on wrong roads. And so, look here in 1 John chapter 5. I want to just bring this out and then we'll start to wrap up here. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. Talking about the life of victory. This is such a huge step in the life of victory. 1 John 5, 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world... 
Specifically speaking, what do you mean, Lord? Ah, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. That would include sickness that's in the world, depression that's in the world, demon forces that are in the world. What do you mean demon forces, Pastor? Well, I, I know we have a lot of people watching online during these 1030 services too. Listen, we're not going to say anything about the devil and demons that we don't know Jesus already said about them. We're not weird, we're not crazy, but there is a devil and there's many demons. And you shouldn't be afraid of them because Jesus defeated them eternally. And if you're in Christ Jesus, you have Jesus' name. You can live above them. You can, you can order them around, not them push you around. If you just read the Bible and believe what it says, you don't have to be afraid of the devil. Carl and I were talking the other day about some of the things that are going on in the world right now and the crazy stuff that's happening and the gross darkness that's out there that's been prophesied by prophets of old that there'd be gross darkness in the last day, gross darkness upon the people. And right in the middle of that gross darkness, God was going to have revival in his church and people were going to shine brightly for God. And, and uh, you know, this is so interesting. And, and you, you can see why a lot of people are messed up today. They're on messed up road. <laughs> messed up the boulevard. It's, it's, it's so easy to see when you're walking in the light because you're not blind. A lot, a lot of people are stumbling around, stubbing their toe, getting in the problem, getting in the fear, anxiety, the sickness, all this stuff. And they're not realizing they're on the road that all that stuff's on. And since God gave us free will, he'll let us go down any road we want to go down. But we were talking the other day, it's just a little side, side thought here. Um, I, I was, I'm fasting a lot of TV right now and news and stuff like that. I just don't care. I'm, I've got some other things for the Lord I want to focus on right now. But a few weeks ago when I was watching some of that news, I'd see some of these firsthand uh, iPhone videos of what's going on in some of these riots and some of these destructive, crazy things that are happening in Oregon and Washington and other places and Minnesota, I think, or... Michigan, but, and I don't know if they're still going on right now or not. I, I'm not really, I'm just, if the Lord wants me to know, I'm sure he'll tell me, but, um, and I'm a lot freer too. I'm a lot more peaceful too. <laughs> that interesting how that works. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm looking out there and I'm, I'm seeing some of the most bizarre stuff. I mean, who goes up to a police officer who's, you know, because there's a lot of good ones out there. There's a lot of good law enforcers out there. There's a lot of good ones out there. I mean, I mean, I mean, let's say I have an orchard, like I'm in Palisade, like I got a peach orchard of 300 peach trees, right? And two of them are bad. Do I go down and just start chopping all the other ones down? Where's the, where's the sanity in that? You got two bad trees, you uproot those, you prune those, you, you do something to those, but you don't do something to the other 398 or 298 or... I mean, why would you destroy them all? A lot of them are doing really good. And, and I mean, I, for kids' sake, I won't, I won't say the words, but there was this person growling like an animal in one of these riots where the, the policemen were just kind of standing, you know, kind of block things so nobody tears and destroys stuff. And, and this one person, this one lady just starts growling like an animal and starts saying these terrible, perverted things she hopes happens to that policeman's daughter and son and that they die and that they're murdered. 
And I'm, think, I'm thinking, now when they say, wait, 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 how could somebody be this upset that this is a little overboard here? I mean, but then I start hearing other things just as bad. Just the growling, it's like, it reminds me of some things we've read in scriptures of people who had really bad demon problems. I mean, and they're just a growling and they're spewing out this stuff that you, just personal, just awful stuff. And I'm thinking about that. And then I'm thinking about, I've heard these interviews, people with my own ears saying that they, they would rather they would rather see America destroyed than Trump succeed. I'm thinking, where's the rationale in that? You care for your country or not, man? I mean, do you care for the people? I mean, and then there's people, there's people that they're not only for late-term abortion, they're pushing for it. And even if the child is born, there's some people right now running for office that say, I think the woman should still have a choice after that baby's born for a little while, whether they terminate the child or not. Now, anybody, so I'm, I'm thinking, and then I'm, then I'm thinking, you know, well, what's really going on with this COVID-19 thing? I mean, no, 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 some people say, oh, you don't, you want to be a conspiracy, th- uh, you don't want to be a, think conspiracies this, conspiracy minded. I'm not, I'm not crazy, but you read the Bible, there's plenty of conspiracies. Tons of them. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, would somebody really want this virus to be bad? They're already killing babies. Why would that be crazy? I mean, they're already killing babies when they're born. They want, well, they want that. Why would that be crazy to think that maybe there's some evil powers behind this whole virus thing too? Or some crazy people. And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, so there's simply no rational explanation for some of this stuff. Just no rational explanation at all. And so I'm thinking, what is it, Lord? And he said, demons. Of course, the answer to a lot of this weird stuff is simply that there are demon forces and weak-minded people do yield to them. I know I used to be one of them. There's no other explanation for telling a police officer who has a wonderful family doing a great job that he wishes their children are raped and killed. And they're growling while they say it. Where's that? That's not even rational. That's demons. Ah, there are demons, aren't there? Yeah, there are. And they hate God. They hate Christianity. They hate Israel. They hate babies. They hate you. And they hate their own followers. <laughs> right? I mean, there's a lot of people following the enemy, the devil, right now. And they're going to find out later the devil is going to kill them, too. He don't love anybody. He wants to destroy, he'll destroy his own right-hand man. But I was thinking about a lot of the, the stuff that's happening there. And I, this is just, I know, a little side journey here. But so when you, when, you, when you get to a point, you go, how in the world? That just doesn't even make sense. Oh, demons. <laughs> demons are irrational. Demons are insane. Demons are crazy. Demons will kill anything and anyone. They can. And some people don't know what they're yielding to. They have no idea what they're yielding there are people, if they realized that they weren't just going to bed with somebody they weren't married to, but they're actually going to bed with a demon in that illicit thing, they'd think twice about fornication. The Bible talks about, I would not that you have fellowship with demons, church. 
You got to watch out. You don't just want to watch and listen to and be around stuff that looks okay. You got to ask what's behind the scenes. What's going on behind the scenes? What produced this thing? What kind of people funded it? And I know you can't, you can't get away from everything or you have to go out of the world, but th- that really helped me. It helped me to realize. So I said, Carla, we need to teach a message on demons <laughs> and see what the Bible has to say about demonic influence and how to live above it. And, you know, you don't have to be a terrible, bad person to yield to the devil. Peter, the apostle Peter yielded to the devil so much so that Jesus turned to him and said, get behind me, Satan. You think things of men are more important than the things of God. He wasn't saying he was possessed. He was saying he was listening to and yielding to the devil at that time. And um, good thing uh, Peter wasn't easily offended. (laughs) He would have been out of the Bible right there, man. Calling me Satan, Jesus, I'm out of here. Better be able to receive a little correction or you won't make it. So let me close with this. Go to Romans 1.17. Romans chapter 1. Did we read 1 John 5, 4? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So if we're going to talk about the life of victory, we've got to talk about the life of faith. Everybody say the life of faith. Not just faith when we're sick to get healed. Not just faith when we're depressed to get some peace, living by faith is how you live in victory. This is one of the things that we need. And of course, you realize the fuel for faith is the Word of God. Right? If you want your faith to be fueled, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You're going to have to make hearing the Word a part of your life, not just something you do when you have time. Daily, like you're talking about with the kids and devotions, daily. And I would, this is twofold, friend. Listen, you're going to get some things out of the reading, reading the Bible. But you're only going to get some things out of hearing anointed sermons that you can only get that way. Hearing anointed sermons from the people you know God wants you to listen to is life-saving. It didn't say faith comes by reading and reading by the Word. It said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Reading does wonders. But hearing also does wonders, and either one can't take the place of the other. You've got to hear anointed sermons regularly. It needs to be a part of your life, especially in these last days. It has to be. And my, my advice as under physician John <laughs> is when you hear a sermon, make sure it's getting in your blood. You know, words can bounce off your eardrums or they can sink down into your heart and affect the way you live and become a part of your life. That's what you've got to make sure is happening when you hear the word. I know when I'm hearing a sermon and when I'm really absorbing it, it's when I'm looking for a pen and a pencil because I need something to write with quick because I am being spoken to by Almighty God here. And now you know it's, you're absorbing it. Now don't get me wrong. I listen to sermons when I'm driving to work and I'm driving home from work. Thank God for the ability to do that. But there's also times you just really need to absorb. The Bible says receive with meekness the engrafted word. That's the word that's going to save your soul, not just stuff bouncing off your eardrums. It gets in you. 
You have to make time for it. You got to get to the delight stage. This is not just something I got to do. I delight in the law of God. And in his law do I meditate day and night. This is fun. This is exciting. And that's the lifestyle you need to have. It's got to be, you got to get to that point where this is fun. And that calls for total sellout or it won't be fun. So, what did I say go to? Romans 1 and verse 17. Better back up to verse 16. Get the context here. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Good news of Christ. For it, the gospel or the word of Christ, is the power of God unto salvation, not to everyone who hears, but to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and to the Greek. Verse 17. For therein, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, is the righteousness of God revealed. Slow down. Let me tell you what that means. In the gospel is revealed how you and I can be right with God. Apart from works. In the gospel. That's why it's good news. You don't have to work for it. You just got to wake up to it. In the gospel of Jesus Christ. He died. He was buried. He rose from the dead. Jesus is Lord. In the gospel. The way for us to be right with God is revealed. And it's through faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you become right with God, new on the inside, actually able to go to heaven. (laughs) Unrighteous people can't go to heaven. But he makes us righteous so we can go upon our acceptance of him as Lord and Savior. But notice in there, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Now notice, here's the phrase, look at it. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. Let me just say this in closing because we're talking about the life of victory. It totally includes living by faith, not just being saved by faith, but now also living by you're made righteous by faith. That's an act of God the moment you receive Jesus. By faith, you are made righteous. You are justified. You are Right with God by faith. But now he says you go from that faith to faith. What's the other faith? Now those that are made righteous by faith are to live by the same faith that you got saved by. It's a life of faith. It's not just a spare tire if you get a flat. Let's learn to live, read the Bible, pour it into your life, believe what it says. And of course, 90% of the things happening around you are going to probably not be in line with this word. Living by faith means you side in with this above everything else. You side in with the word of God above everything else. It's how you live free from sin. It's how you overcome disease. It's how you you know, find your purpose in life. It's how you serve God. It's how you walk in love. It's how you prosper. Living by faith is the life for us. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the donate tab. 